Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 4, Episode 19. I am your host, Cartwell Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. Oh, don't bring that over here. Don't contaminate me. I've got to edit this thing. Too late. No! <laughs> but yes, hey everybody, we are back for another episode of Farscape Rewatch. Uh, we're, we're getting closer, we're edging ever closer to the mm. end of Season 4. This is Episode 19. And we're into that final, like, arc of the season, as usual. And uh, this week's episode is is part one of uh, three of We're So Screwed. And oh boy, are they. Yeah. And the subtitle for this one is Fetal Attraction. Uh. Now, before we actually get started proper here, I should uh, there's a bit of background info about that title. And it's that, so, I think we talked before in the last episode about how the in the UK, the BBC didn't allow the uh what was later revealed to be a fake abortion scene mm-hmm. to be broadcast because the show is broadcast at 6:45 p.m. pre-watershed we talked about that and because of that the same reason they didn't want to call the episodes we're so screwed they didn't want that title i know it's it's really it's what? really not uh it's not bad language really is it no. but they they just refer to them by the subtitles Rather than just, you know, we're so screwed part one. It was, this is fetal attraction. and It's like, what, 15 years ago now? Yeah, yeah. Was it that bad a word? No, I don't think so. I think they were just being overly cautious, I think. Thank God nothing horrible happens in this episode or anything. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, okay, I, I, I understand why they cut the scene from last episode. Oh, yeah. But there's enough other stuff that's happened in Farscape that may have made the cut that is also kind of scary and bad and you know intense yep (laughs) and some more things like that happen this episode so yeah let's get into it so of course we have to now catch everybody up you know beginning of farscape episodes previously Mm -hmm. on farscape but uh you know it's everything we've come to expect erin is trapped aboard a scarin freighter they're holding her there because she uh, they believe she has john Crichton's child Mm -hmm. and the rest of the gang are trying to track her down they went to the alternate moya to find where Katrazzi is, and so they're heading in that direction. And what they're basically doing is they have to stop at a Scarum border post to get clearance to go into Scarum space. Apparently they're brave enough to stop at a Scarum border post. Yeah, so we that's where we open uh, the episode. And actually there's a very... I like the CG shot of Moya coming into the, the mm. border post because there's like a green sort of nebula behind them. And they come in and it's like a long cylinder, but it has uh, curved rectangular portions rotating around it. Yeah. And it, it looks pretty good. And uh, Moya's coming in there. We cut inside to command. We see them looking out at it. And they say, okay, there are three other vehicles there. There's their own transport pod. And it's like, good. It was a good idea to send Sokozu ahead because she's, you know, there with the other Kalish on board. And John actually is dressed up as a peacekeeper. He's in his peacekeeper gear mm-hmm. and then scorpius comes in to command and he says that uh, all vessels en route to katrazzi must stop for inspection and quarantine which takes five solar days yeah they need to check if there's no diseases check that nobody is hiding any contraband etc etc yeah and any vessel without the proper security code beacon will be instantly destroyed if they move into scarron space oh lovely I like this opening scene because it does it very quickly sets up what they've done because they've done you know some prep work for this plan that we haven't mm-hmm. seen 
because we come in it's like oh good yeah okay our transport pods there we sent Sokozo ahead uh, we're trying to bluff our way into Scarin space because Scorpius comms pilot says accept the docking uh, procedures and uh, prepare for uh, inspection and pilot answers yes captain yeah captain Wentrask and Chiana looks at him and is like really captain and Scorpius says that uh, we must assume that all communications are being monitored Chiana's like, no, our comms are secure, right? John responds, let's just assume they're not. And I, it's it's maybe reading a little bit into this. I saw me, as well. But it's like, yeah, because John knows that Scorpy's been listening in mm. on the comms. So it's like, oh, yeah, let's pretend they're not secure, Scorpy. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. let's, let's pretend. <laughs> it's very, very subtle. It's not like a big nope. thing. But I, I feel like that's deliberate. Which I which I appreciate. Agree. So we then cut to uh, the hangar bay, and uh, there is another. There's another Kalish, which is Sokozu's species. Mm-hmm. And what I also like is that there's like new type of DRDs rolling around the ship. Yeah, they're very. Uh, they have like angular plating on them. So they must be Scarin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, the uh, it's a male Kalish who's maybe middle-aged and sort of very officious and like, oh, yes, we must check you, you see. And uh, he introduces himself as Dr. Trace Talnell, chief medical officer on the station. <laughs> Scorpius is, like, playing his role as the captain. He's like, you know, I'm, oh, yes, another Kalish functionary. I'm tired of all your bureaucracy and crap. Um, the Kalish is very, very simple. Like, look, you, if you want to get into Scarin space, you have to go through me. Now, what are you doing with a sebation? A peacekeeper. A peacekeeper, yes. Yeah. And Scorpius says, oh, how perceptive of you. And how do you have a peacekeeper on board? And he says, well, I, what gave you the impression that I answer to you? <laughs> if you want to get into Scaran space, you go through me. Otherwise, I will deny you access. And so Scorpius says, he, the peacekeeper is a spy for the Scarans. And we also have a Nabarian Hynerian on board. And they are also spies. And the hierarchy would not look kindly on a Kalish who obstructs their delivery. Pretending to be spies is a very trick, tricky bluff. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like that's why the you know we work for the Scarans, but they're all non-Scaran. They're all spies. But we know that this is this is the kind of game that Scarans actually play. That is true. And um, I kind of I find that interesting as like a distinction between them and the peacekeepers, in that um, for all that we see Scarans being like big aggressive warlike brutes they're also very much into subterfuge and you mm. know intelligence operations they're not dumb by any stretch and that's what we're finding out and so john then like walks out and he's like look you got any food on this place yes we have a kitchen that uh, could provide you with the, the nutrients you require and so he's about to leave and uh, treso says uh, weapons will not be permitted on the station our sentinels are programmed to shoot and kill any armed visitors. So he puts his he puts Winona in a case next to eighteen twelve. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> keep an eye on that. <laughs> and then he walks off. So we cut now to inside the station in the commons where there's you know eating and drinking, and we see Sokozu uh, talking to another young Kalish male. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're flirting kind of while talking about their lives and. Oh, you move around all over the place, he yeah. says to her, and she says, oh, I envy your stable position. Yeah, it's not stable, it's boring. Yeah, oh, your work is not, isn't boring at all, and, yeah. you know, it's 
there. <laughs> you know, they're very much flirting. And then we pan across and we see that Shiana and Rigel are sat at a different table watching on. And Rigel says it was a good idea to send Sokozo ahead. The Kalish seems to run things around here. And Scorpius joins them as like, well, the Kalish are subservient to the uh, Scarens. They're a conquered species. But they have served the Scarens well. But <laughs> Rigel says, you mean they're collaborators. Yeah. So they we cut back over to Sokozu and the other Kalish, whose name is Karom. And so he has to go back to work. He stands up and leaves. And so she uh, walks over to John, who is at the refreshment machine. And John asks, any news? And she whispers to him, he's like, Aaron is here. He's like, what? what? Aaron is aboard a Scarron freighter also docked to this station. It leaves in half an hour. What? <laughs> John's like, oh crap, we need to do something right now also little detail in this scene that i like is the the food machine it's basically there's a large panel on the wall mm-hmm. and there are different sections of it with different handprints on them for different species yeah there's a handprint there's a human handprint for sebations there's a clawed one that must be for scarens and there's a few other odd shaped ones so it's like if you if your hand matches this this is the food for you there you go yeah. you make sure that this doesn't kill you <laughs> oh, also, yes, because the Scarron Freighter has finished its quarantine, so it must it got here earlier than than they did. Yeah. So yeah, we got to make a move, and uh, we actually cut to quickly to the Scarron Freighter, and we see Aaron chained up again on the bed with the the same nurse we saw last episode. Erin mm-hmm. is you know, struggling, but she's very heavily drugged. Yeah, she's heavily sedated. There's very little she can do. She can barely even talk. Her eyes are opening and closing independently. You know, they're rolling back mm. in her head. It's She's not well. Or she's, she's not conscious fully, but she's struggling. And yeah. the nurse says, do I have to keep giving you this to keep you docile? I could make things much easier for you if you trust me. So, yeah, just, you know, a quick update on what Aaron's up to. <laughs> not much. No. Terrible position. Same as before. Yep. So we cut back into the common room and John then comes over to the rest of them and says, we have half an arm, you know, Scaron Freighter is here. What do we do? Well, we grab some guns, we kick in some doors, we we smash and grab. Yeah, but Scorpius says, look, that's not going to work. They don't allow guns on this station. There's too many DRDs that would kill us. And John says, look, it, we have other options. Dargo and Naranti are hanging back in Lola, but Scorpius is like, if Dargo's ship attacks the station, a fleet of warships will be dispatched after us. Yeah, and Rigel chimes in also they're keeping Aaron hostage so he can't really do anything with that ship yeah he can't blow that ship up and um Scorpy says you know we have a far greater chance here than at any Scarron military base yeah but we need time and Rigel says I have an idea give me that food does like hell of a time to be eating he's like no I know what I'm doing <laughs> and so as as they're doing this we actually see entering the commons is Captain Jenek from uh from the last episode and a charred escort yeah and this charred isn't actually wearing their full like predator armor with the helmet he's got his helmet off he's got an eye patch he's got scarred face and scorpius looks at them and is like leave this to me and stands up and goes to goes over to them yeah and jarek immediately grabs him by the throat and drags him off because scorpius is of course a very well-known yeah. person <laughs> among the scarens this is a problem i did have with this episode it's like mm-hmm. how does this guy not recognize scorpius yeah <laughs> he's a very highly placed official who got away from the yeah. scarens you'd think they have a 
pretty well-known file on him. I would have thought so. Like, I can I can buy that they maybe don't have... He maybe doesn't know exactly what Crichton looks like, or the others, because they have a much longer history with Scorpius than the rest. I have the same problem with John. Yeah, John is also an issue. Because, specifically, this, ma- this guy... Like, they... I was like, oh... They know John Crichton, because they've been talking about, the, like, the child of John Crichton, he has the wormhole technology. Apparently, they never considered getting a mugshot from John. No. Never, like, get a security footage just like, oh, this is what he looks like, make sure all our soldiers know this. Especially the people who know who John Crichton is should probably also know what he looks like. Yeah, it's, it is kind of a plot hole in this way. Like, okay, it's a bit much to expect me to believe that Captain Jenick... Like, no, never mind, like, the Charids and the rest of the, his crew. Fine, whatever. Yeah, I'm okay. okay with them not knowing who, who John is. It's Captain Jenick, who's talked about Crichton at length, doesn't know what he looks like, and doesn't know what Scorpius looks like. The problem with that is that the only reason he doesn't is because this episode wouldn't work otherwise. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. It's like, you have to have him be either very stupid or just not be told something that you think he would know. It's it's probably the the biggest problem I have with this episode, which is not saying too much because other than this, there aren't really a lot of things I have an issue with. No, but it's such a glaring, you're like, it just makes you go double take, like, but wait, what? Yeah, it... <laughs> hmm. Like, I can even buy that he doesn't know Scorpius. I find that unlikely, but that I will... Like, he hasn't talked at length about Scorpius, yeah, so I'll, believe, I'll buy that one, but... The fact that he doesn't know who John is? No. <laughs> so anyway, I guess we have to accept that for now for this episode. Or nobody at the station either. Like, mm. do not serve this man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have most wanted lists here. You would think so. Like, we're trying to stop people getting into Scarron space. Maybe the most wanted man in the Scarron mm. Empire should have at least, like, I don't know... A profile sketch. I will take a profile sketch if they couldn't catch a picture of him. Oh, all right. Okay. So let's move on with the rest of this episode. Yes. But yeah, that is a big that is a big problem with it. <laughs> so um, Scorpius goes over to uh, Captain Jenek and says, "I wish to talk with you." And Jenek sends the chariot away. And Scorpius says, uh, "I uh, commanded this Leviathan. I am on a secret mission and gives a Scarron code." Yeah, and the captain just goes. <clears throat> Spy. Ministry of Dissimulation. Ah, yes, right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, I, you don't have to worry about me. I don't have, I don't care about spies and their games. You have your mission, I have mine. And Scorpius says, well, of course. And then walks away. Like, well, you've achieved nothing, Scorpius. Yeah, that, <laughs> what was the point of that? <laughs> Be lucky that it didn't, apparently didn't have a mugshot of you. Yeah. And the chariot comes back and says, what, a half-breed? And Gen X like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Let's get the ship ready to leave. Mm. Which, uh, I find it hard to... We know that they've tried making half-breeds before, but we, Scorpius is the only Sebastian half-breed we've seen. But, um, yeah, I find it odd that they would say, like... Well, we know that they're trying to do it, but... I, it's maybe asking me to believe a bit much that there are many more people like Scorpius around. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, get ready to leave. And we cut back to the freighter and Aaron. And again, Aaron is very heavily drugged and she's hallucinating John, standing over her saying, like, you're doing great. It's almost time. And she hallucinates having, like, being at the end of her term. Yeah, like, she's very heavily pregnant. We pull back and say, like, you're doing great. It's almost time. And then 
we flash to what's actually going on and the nurse is standing over her. It's even a little bit more heartbreaking than that because John then pulls away and Aaron just reaches for him like, no, come back. Yeah, and we cut back and she's just reaching into nothing and just yeah. like struggling and like, mm, mm. and the nurse comes over and says, you know, there's no point fighting. You know that. Why are you making it difficult for yourself? There's always a point in fighting. Mm. So then we cut to the commons again and the nurse actually comes into the commons and John looks at her and is like, this is a sebation. And Sokozu thinks that she's a nurse from the freighter. Yeah, Janice says, you're going to have to fool her as well. And Rigel just chimes up and goes, oh, it's fine. It's not going to be a problem. Everybody stand back. And he's like, oh, oh, I don't feel... <laughs> and, yeah. John says very loudly, he's like, are you all right? You don't look so good. It's like, I'll be... And then just projectile vomiting. Yes. Just green oh, vomit spraying everywhere. And we see like the, the rest of the people in there all looking at this. And Traso comes on the scene. He's like, are you okay? What What's wrong with you? It might be the food. Ugh. And uh, he says, have you ever had a illness of this severity before? Uh, yes, yes, but they cured it. They cured it. And so, what was it? Rigel says, uh, oh, touch of dermophilica. And <laughs> Trey says, that's a highly contagious disease. Lock down the station. No, it's fine. It's fine. They cured it. No, but yeah, he does say no. No, lock it down. Lock down the station. Until further notice, everybody, nobody's going anywhere. Score. Got there. Rigel being useful by vomiting everywhere. <laughs> I feel that's the only way he's useful. Mm. And so we now cut to what must be the control room with Traso behind a desk and uh, Captain Jenek, the Scarron, pacing up and down angrily. And also we, we're looking through a window because on the other side of the window is Rigel in a bed, sort of in isolation. Yeah, they've quarantined him just to be safe. But Jenek is saying, you can't keep us here. We have our mission. We have to leave. The doctor simply replies, no, I can't keep you here. I have to keep you here by the orders of your government. Yeah. Jenek says, like, do you have any evidence that the Hynerian is a risk? No, but I would like to err on the side of caution in this case. And he says, I'm unfamiliar with Hynerian Demophilica, but we're having information transmitted from uh, Simstef, our me- medical facility. And one of the uh, younger staff we've ah, previously seen. Ah, a particular seen. one. <laughs> yeah, the one talking to uh, Sekozu says... I've also sent out a call for any nearby ships who might have medical personnel that know about Dermophilica. And he says, well, that's not standard procedure, but under the circumstances, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Karom turns to Sokozu, who's uh, with him, and says, thanks for suggesting that. <laughs> Thank you for ma- allowing me to take credit for your, th- for your work. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but so then we go back into the common room and uh, Chiana is actually talking to another uh, Kalish. And then the healer arrives that they called. Mm-hmm. And guess who it is? It's Naranti Uta Pralatong. Okay. Tala Naranti Pralatong. It's Naranti. Yes. And, and Dargo. And I love this because it's like, oh, yes, thank you. Thanks for that great idea, Sokozu. Yeah, good idea. We should definitely call in additional help. Oh, look, how convenient. Dargo and Naranti were just waiting outside. I have in my notes, all according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was part of the plan, but that was Sokozu improvising. Yeah, I, it, it was improvising, but it worked pretty well. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, they come in and... Traso meets them and says, ah, yes, healer, welcome. Follow me, I'll show you to the patient. Traso says, have a Luxon assistant. Oh, yes, they make uh, excellent pilots, fantastic bodyguards, 
And very good lovers. And at that, Trey says, like, <laughs> what? what? But, uh, yeah, she, she does say to Dargo, you know, stay here. I'll, I'll wait for me. And he says, yes, of course, healer. And so uh, we cut back into the uh, control room with uh, Rigel on the other side of the glass. And uh, Tracer, he gets given uh, basically a Perspex like printout with a Rigel, with like a scan of Rigel on it. Yeah. He says, "Well, it looks like we've called you here for nothing." Uh, data from our medical facility says that uh, it's not Dermophilica. He's not exhibiting the signs of skin sloughing. Naranti goes, "Well, you can can never be too sure, Dermophilica. It's very hard to um, detect." Uh, I say it's too soon to tell. Yes. Yeah. But Tracer says, well, none of the other symptoms are there, so unless they manifest within, ooh, say, an arm, I can lift the lockdown. And Randy's like, shit. Oh, crap. So, like, uh, I shall go uh, examine the patient. And so she goes in to see Rigel and uh, has got some of her herbs and things and is mashing leaves together and such and whispering to Rigel, like, now, are you sure what you had before was Dermophilica? Yes. It killed three of my wives, but I barely survived. Yeah. Well, okay, that's not giving the the line the proper weight, because he's not that blasé about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Because he says, like, I survived, four of my wives didn't. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah, that's that's more in the... In that, that he, he's not so like, oh, I just killed three of my wives, I don't care. No. <laughs> <laughs> he does deliver the line of, like, he, he it's a lot of regret of, like, my wives weren't so lucky. Mm. But so she's like, okay, um, mashes something up and says... Eat this. No, I don't want to. And so she twists his eyebrow and goes, ah, and ah stuffs it in there. And we actually see a cut of, we see Tracer looking in, like, grimacing a bit. But once he eat, once Rigel eats the thing, he's like, ah, yes, nodding. Like, mm, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult patient. <laughs> because Naranti specifically asked, are you sure that's what you had? I'm just going, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, my first thought was like, okay, so she knows what the symptoms are and how to you know, fake them. We'll mm-hmm. get to what happens in a little bit because we cut now back to the commons and uh, Naranti has walked up to Dargo who's standing there watching Chiana with the Kalish male. Uh, basically, they're, they're chatting each other, you know, she's chatting each other up and he's standing back watching. Naranti says, you know, no news yet. Well, we'll still have to wait and see. And then the camera moves in on Chiana and her friend and Dargo steps up and says, hey, Nabari girl. Mind if you buy you a drink? And then the Kalish turns around. He's like, hey, I was here first. There's like a, a beat. Your point. And then he just looks and he's like, and uh, walks off. He's not going to argue with Dargo. No. And so Chiana and Dargo come close and they actually, they touch the foreheads together, get very close Aww. and kind of in like a little bit of a flirty way. But Dargo's actually telling her what's going on, you know, yeah. passing on info. But they're doing it in in a very kind of flirting as well at the same time. Yeah, and I don't think it's playing just for the for the security's sake. No, they're not. But uh, yeah, he tells her that Rigel Scam's working. We knew what was going on because we heard Sokozu on the distress call and we played along. And Chiana says, oh, smart Luxon. And... Hey, like, hey, stranger, you come here often? Yeah, that kind of tone. And I, I just have in my notes, is like, are oh, these kids, are they getting back together? I mean, well, so <laughs> we had him bring home the beacon when he was kind of flirting with her at the end. 
So, yeah. you know, I prefer the elegant gray. And now this, I'm like, are they, are these kids, have we forgiven and forgotten? Is it now time to, you know, give it another try? I hope so. I'm not entirely sure how I stand in this regard. <laughs> we'll see. There's, that's about it for this episode of, of that side of things. So mm-hmm. we'll see where this goes from here. And then we uh, cut back to the <laughs> isolation and the command center. And uh, Tracer's looking in with Naranti. Uh, Rigel and it's like well it seems like your caution was justified his skin is now sloughing and so we'll stay in lockdown yeah and you see Rigel's skin is like horribly decaying almost it's peeling off he's scratching yeah. it while he's lying there mm-hmm. so yeah it seems like we've got the lockdown so okay she's created another symptom right <laughs> right so we cut now to uh, the common room and every pretty much everyone's there. Scorpius, John, and Chiana, and Jenek, Naranti, Tracer, they're all talking about the disease. And Scorpius is like, how contagious is it? And Naranti says, it can affect non-Hynerians, and those it does, it kills without warning. Yeah. It's rare, but it's not entirely certain. Yeah. And John says, well, for all that, I'm locking myself in an airlock. Doesn't work. Everybody's already exposed. It's so pervasive. And it's not just the station. Any vessels attached to it as well. Mm-hmm. I can attempt to make a cure, but my ship is understocked. Does anybody here have medical supplies? You know, kind of... Anybody have very particular medical supplies? Anybody... Anybody, specifically that Scarron over there? <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? But uh, Jenek pulls back and is like, Nobody may board my ship. And uh, Scorpius says, I have a facility aboard my Leviathan. I offer it to you. Yeah, you can work in your own lab, Naranti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so he says to Chiana and John, like, escort her there. And so we see Chiana and John walking through the corridors of the station, heading to the ship. And uh, <laughs> John says to her, it's like, Okay, you did a good job. You scammed them. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, you did, says Chiana. It's like, yeah, he thinks Rigel's sick. Yeah, that's because he is sick. It's like, you, wait, what? It's like, yeah, I, I, the Dermophilica was dormant in his system. I simply reactivated it. And they asked, like, well, what happens if you can't cure him? Oh, he dies. <laughs> and then there's, like, this dramatic shot of John and Tian being like, oh, God. And then there's the other shot, which... They didn't put in here, but I feel should have been in here with them going, wait, hang on, it's Rigel, why do we care? <laughs> wait, why is that bad? <laughs> but uh, yeah, then there's, there is a commercial cut there, I think, because we come back and there are bored Moya walking into uh, Naranti's lab, I guess. Naranti says to John, it's like, look, she, it, Rigel has plenty of time if I'm not disturbed. I'm, I'm sure I can make a cure. I'm sure I can. <laughs> what if he dies beforehand? It's like, he won't. I'll make a cure. Just leave me alone. <laughs> And John says, is this variety, is it contagious? Oh, could be. I'll I'll fix it, I'll fix it. And Chiana gets angry. He's like, you've already fixed it. You've infected us with the Freling Hynerian Plague. No, not infected, just exposed. By the way, Nabari can't get it. You're fine, you're immune. Which is another thing that Nabari are immune to. (laughs) Nabari are immune to a lot of things. But John rightly asks, what about Sebations? And Naranti just looks at him and is like, are Sebations immune? And she's like, no. And goes back to work. <laughs> so Aaron might already be dead before we even get to her. Chiana says that and Naranti yeah. grabs her and is like, No, 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 don't say that. Don't you dare say that. We'll save her. I'll cure this thing. We'll be fine. I'll fix it. Everything is fine. And he, she turns to John and says like, Look, you wanted a plague. I gave you one. Without real symptoms, the lockdown would have been lifted and you would be frailed. I did what I have to do. I suggest you do the same. I'm like, no, Naranti. People ask for a distraction. Not a... F- Freaking plague! Yeah. 
But yeah, it's like, okay, this is the situation we're in. Let's just get the job done and leave me alone. I need to fix this. And so uh, we then cut back to the station command and Jenek is talking to Treso and saying like, no, I have, you don't understand. I have a patient I must protect. Yeah, I need to get to Katrazzi, the medical facility there. I might be able to save her. And Treso says, oh, so you'd expose them as well. And Genex says, look, Scarens are immune to this disease. Well, Kalish aren't, and I will not be responsible for you exposing them. Won't be responsible for a plague on my people. Which is fair. Yeah. Also, in in these scenes in this room, uh, on the desk, on Treso's desk, there's a little pot. Mm-hmm. And inside it are red leaves. And I think they're of the same type that was related to Scorpius's mother. Oh. They're that same kind of long, curved red flower. I was like, I think I've seen that that flower shape before, and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought I recognized it. I just went back and checked, and yeah, the the flowers do look the same. I was like, aha. Mm. Because we actually see, and we know that they're related to Scarens, because that was... It was on a planet near Scarens space. Yeah, and we saw Jenek eating them earlier. Interesting. And he went in and just grabbed them and had a handful. And now Treso has pulled one out and is sort of playing with it but doesn't eat it. Just a a little detail in those scenes. Like, oh, okay. Mm. And so uh, then in this scene, Karom comes in and says, the healer has said that she wants the patient moved to the Leviathan so they can take tissue samples more easily. Wait, hang on. What? Naranti, at this point... Nobody has been exposed to Rigel's sickness because you were the only one in the room when he took that stuff. And I'm going to assume there's an incubation time of a few like a few minutes before that stuff takes hold. If you move, Rigel, you're exposing the entire station. But in this scene, Tracer says like the virus is so pervasive that isolation doesn't actually do anything. Mm. Point is, it's too late. We can't do anything. If we move him, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, that's what they say. So, we, yeah, we cut straight into Naranti's lab at that. It's just, and Rigel is there on the bed, yelling at her. Yeah. <laughs> you poison me, you witch. And she says, you can shout at me later. Just every moment you keep shouting, there's less time for me to work on a cure. If you keep shouting, you might die. So we then cut to Scorpion John, actually, uh, aboard Moya. And Scorpion says, look, Naranti's is the best possible course. It's bought us time. John's like, well, what are we going to do with that time? It's fine. She infected everybody and we have extra time. Great. What are we going to do with that time? What are we doing right now? Can't answer that. Yeah. That's what I thought. Somebody needs to get on that freighter. Scorpius like, look, Sokoza's getting schematics. And it's like, that's not going to help. No, that doesn't give us the amount of guards, location of Aaron, anything. Schematics are fine, but it isn't everything. And then he's like, look, I don't think Commander Captain Jenik is going to give you a tour. You're aiming too high, Scorpius. He's not the only person with access. Yeah, which I like because, of course, Scorpius like, oh, yes, go for the commander. Doesn't see the, the other option because John goes into the commons and mm. he sees that the nurse is sat there eating some food and he yells over to her it's like hey sebation woman right what you're sebation like it's been at least half a cycle since i've seen the sebation woman she's just very standoffish she's like so what why 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 do you care what does that mean like it's a long time without companionship and i don't do aliens yeah and i do new peacekeepers then john grabs something out of his pocket it's a little plastic sachet he puts in his mouth and she says what's that oh little something special for a friend the sebation cure to dimophilica. And she counters with, or it's just a vial of dust. Yeah, you're right. 
You may never know. He gets up and leaves. But uh, she says, okay, where did you get it? It's like, I don't kiss and tell, but uh, you won't get it anywhere else. I mean, you got a lab, right? You can analyze it there if you want. And she says, well, you know, Hynerian Dermophilica rarely infects abations. Yeah, you're right. Chance is small, but when it does, it kills almost instantly. I don't like those odds. <laughs> yeah. I just want to share. And so she stands up like, all right, come with me. John is playing with literally nothing again. Yeah, but he's also, he's trying to turn on the charm and it's not really working. No. Also, throughout this episode, up to this point, he acts a little differently here, but he's been very distant and cold and just like, we need to do the job. Yeah. You know, we need to save Aaron. Now he's playing things up a little bit of like, hey, you want to... Have have a little fun. He's also been very angry yeah. towards mm. uh, the other crew, but well, especially Naranti and Scorpius. Yes, but in this case, yeah, he's just like, okay, I've been the cold peacekeeper. Time to turn on a bit of charm. Yeah, and so she leads him to the freighter, and the chariot guard's like, hey, no access. Like, no, he's with me. He's with me. And so we go inside, and uh, she says to him it's like wait here and he he goes over to the bunks or the the metal frames that the other prisoners were attached to he's jumping up and down it's like hey spare bunks <laughs> and she come walks up to him it's like fun later cure now and so he gives it to her and says uh yeah just dilute that 10 times in saline you'll be fine there's enough for two of us and she says, oh, uh, is there any more? No, why? Well, because we have another sebation that needs treatment. And the camera pulls back and pans down to Aaron. Yeah, she's in the same room. And at this point, John also, who's at a table, moving a bit around the room, notices it as well. And he's like, well, that's bummer for them then. And he grabs a pipe, runs up to the nurse and just whacks her in the face. And he runs over to Aaron. It's like, it's me. Okay, I got you. It's here. We're getting out of here. And she's pushing him away because she she either thinks he's a hallucination or she sees him as somebody different. Yeah, either way, she's like, not, but it's like, no, no, no. And he's like, no, no, be quiet. Come on, we got it. It's me. I'm real. I'm real. You hear a door open in the background. And then a chariot comes in. It's like, leave her alone. It's like, listen, buddy. The Scarron hierarchy paid good Krindars for me. They wouldn't want me delivered damaged. Yeah, at this point, the chariot is basically holding a gun up to John. And he turns around and he's like, hey, don't hurt me, man. And just chariot punches him and knocks him out anyway. Yeah, it's like... And so we cut to back on the station, actually, that uh, John is being heat-probed by Jenek. It's like, why did you really come aboard the thing? What are you trying to do? I was looking for a spatial woman. And he says the the cure was a fake. Nurse says, he attacked, her, attacked me and tried to release one of my patients. No offense, but she's sexier than you are. And then, and then I ask, what will you have done with her? Taking her to my ship. Frelder made babies. At this point, Scorpius comes around the corner and says, Jenek, what are you doing with my peacekeeper? And uh, he lets go of the heat probe and says, like, he tried to board my ship and recreate with my prisoner. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hmm, well, if you will permit me, I will deal with him. <laughs> and Scorpius gets up in his faces and says, I told you I will deal with him. <laughs> And he leaves. Yeah. And the rest of his crew leave as well. So it's just Scorpion and John. And Scorpion says to John's like, how did you lie to Jenek? Did you use Katoya's training? He's almost pushing like, it was Katoya training, right? Right? I was right. Right? Right? And John's <laughs> Told like, you. no, 
I just told him the truth, just not the whole truth. Yeah, he never actually lied. Yeah you, yeah, you go back through his story, it's like, yep, everything he just said is true. Especially even the bit where it's like, what would you have done if you found us? Like, taking her back to the ship, frailed and make babies. It's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what they would have done. <laughs> even the bit where it's like, look, no offense, nurse, but she's sexier than you are. Like, yeah, well, again, right. not a lie. Yeah. Not from his perspective. And John pulls himself up onto Scorpius, like, pulling him... To his, to his feet says to him like well we know Aaron's there we have to get her out yeah the best lies are based in truth and I love that John uses that to mm. bypass a heat probe from Ascaran all he does is basically a lie of omission he just doesn't say certain things that are yeah. relevant mm-hmm. <laughs> everything else is true but Scorpy says okay so Kozu's getting information that'll help us get a rescue plan going we will free Officer Sun. And so uh, we then cut to the command room with Sokozu and Karom. And Sokozu says, here's the data from the Rosrob Center, another medical facility on Dermophilica. It's not much. And I haven't got a response from the diagnosis on cold gen. Damn it. Bumps his fist on the table. Like, Sokozu says, look, do you need a break? Do you need some rest? I, I can monitor communications for you. He's like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Also, yeah, nicely played. It's like, yeah, just take a break. I'll I'll be fine here. I won't do anything illegal. <laughs> and so we cut back to Naranti and Rigel. And uh, Naranti feeds Rigel a little orange blob. Yeah, it's like, this This will boost your immune system and cure you of the disease. Unfortunately, it won't work on anybody else. So? Is that a problem? It's like, I mean, sorry, I mean, uh, <laughs> has anybody else contracted the disease yet? And Naranti says, no, not yet, but there's always a chance. But they might not. They might, they might not. We don't know. She's very hopeful that they might not. It's like, again, a bit about humans telling themselves lies. Mm. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, no, don't worry. No, they might not. They might not. They'll be fine. And then goes over to get something. And then Rigel, like, just keels over backwards. Yeah, and she comes like, Rigel? Rigel? She checks his pulse. (gasps) And I'm thinking, like, no, we wouldn't be that lucky. No. (laughs) He's not dead. He'll be fine. He's like weed. You can't eradicate it completely. And so we then cut back into the commons and Chiana comes in, sees the Kalishi was talking to earlier. He's got his head down on the table. I was like, oh, he's feeling bad. He's probably got a bit too drunk or something. Yeah, that's what Chiana thinks. It's not the case. Because she walks over, pulls him up, and he's got skin falling off and mm. he's ill. He's contracted the dermophilica. So it's out. Yeah, it, it somebody has been infected. And uh, Treso comes in. It's like, we have another victim. Everybody in that mass hole leaves, runs away, scared. And she's like, come back. Get a doctor. Help, Help him. him. And I'm like, Jenna, yeah, that's, that's easy for you to say. You're immune. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> And so we then cut to uh, Moya with Treso talking to Naranti, saying, like, a Kalisha has fallen victim to the Dermophilica. Captain Jenek wants to talk to you aboard his vessel. She says, no, no, I must work here. He can come to me. And the doctor's like, no, you have to go with us. That is not a request. Yeah, he wants you to come to him. And so we then are in the commons room again with Scorpius and Jenek. And Scorpius is saying, like, the healer needs more resources than I have. If there's anything aboard your vessel that can assist, look, we have a common problem here. Yeah, and you see the doctor appear from uh, from the hallway and just nods towards Janik. And he's like, well, I have my own problems, and storms off. Yeah, fine. Be a dick. Don't help. Sure. Yeah. And so, back aboard Moya, uh, Tsukozu, John, uh, Chiana, Daga, they're all sitting around a table, and there's a hologram of the station on it. 
there's like power lines like highlighted. Sikozu is saying, look, not only is the ship, the Scarron Freighter, docked with the station, it's hooked up to its power system. If we can undock our ships first and turn down the station's power, that would power down both the station and the ship, giving us ample opportunity to get in there with guns and take Aaron out. And I think I've worked out how to get past the docking locks. And Shana's like, you think you have? It's like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it's like, okay, but how do we still get those markers that identify us as being allowed to be in Scaron space? Sikozu actually answers, well, if we save Aaron, then, and Jennifer corrects her, no, when we save Aaron. It's like, yes, sorry, when we save Aaron. We won't need them. We just starburst away from Scaron space. And Dargo says, well, what if we starburst deeper into Scaron space? Or, John says, what if the, the, the freighter takes off before that? And Sokoza says, well, if the freighter escapes, then we abandon all hope. And John goes, we abandon all hope of le- yes, we abandon all hope of leading long and prosperous lives and follow them into Scaron space. And Sokoza's like looking at him like, what? And John just looks at her and then looks at Chiana's like, she's still learning and gets up and leaves. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you realize this is not, this crew is crazy and we'll do whatever it takes. This is a family, Sokozu, mm. with everything that comes with it. So we cut back to the Scarron Freighter, actually, and Naranti's being dragged in there by force. And Treso is... Uh, yelling at her saying you know you will find a cure like and you will do it here so that we will have it first and uh captain jenek yells like nurse assist her nurse and we could we pan back pull over and the nurse is collapsed with dermopholica she's you know been infected she appears to be dead and like oh well crap and i'm like that's the lamest death for a cool bad guy ever yeah i was just i was a bit disappointed at that i was like oh i wanted more of her she was good she was a great bad guy it's like oh She's dead. Wow. Wow. But Naranti checks Aaron saying like you don't she she doesn't appear to be infected. I think I can cure her if I if I'm given time. Genex says, Look, the the female is pregnant, her fetus must be saved. That's all I care about. Is there a recipient for transplant? The first response from Naranti is like Wait, what? No, are you crazy? By the way, all the women here are infected as well. Well, they're they're equally at risk. And Tracer says, well, what about the Nabari girl? Nabari are immune. Like, ah, crap. (laughs) Shit. Damn it. Initially, I I was watching it back the second time. I was like, did they spill the beans on that earlier in the the scene in the commons? But no, actually, Tracer just knows that Nabari are Mm. immune. Which is fine, because, you know, that's a known thing. Jenek then orders the char- his chariots, is like, go, grab the Nabari girl, take her by force. And the chariot's like, yeah, we can't bring weapons through the station. It's like, then take a transport pod and board from the outside. Rah. Yeah, it's not that hard, idiot. It's not rocket science. Well, actually, it is rocket science, but whatever. <laughs> and then we, okay, so this next scene, they try and get Chiana. And uh, we, <laughs> we cut to Moya, Chiana's walking through a corridor. The Charids walk around the corner, and there are like four or five Charids here. Mm -hmm. She kicks their ass. She does. She just kicks their ass repeatedly. There is like, kicks their ass a few times, gets away, runs into command. Uh, Two Charids are are chasing her. Kicks their ass until somebody grabs her hair. Yeah, grabs her head and like, like punches her and like slams like, got you. Eventually. I was just expecting when like the three or four Charids uh, surrounded her. I was like, well, that's it. She's been caught. No, yeah. she just kicks her ass, runs away, and then eventually gets caught by another chariot. <laughs> it's like, well, all right, go Chiana, but you didn't quite get there in the end. Probably should have hit, stayed hidden in command for a bit. 
Yeah. Maybe run a bit more so the others could start backing you up at some point. And so, uh, yeah, she gets taken away. And then we actually, we cut to Pilot's Den with Sokozu and Scorpius. And Sokozu's like, why did you just let them take Chiana? (laughs) And Pilot's like, well, I didn't know about it. Until it was too late. And Scorpius says, well, recriminations can wait. We have to save Eren. And um, we cut into the freighter as they're preparing Eren. And Naranti says, no, it'll be fine. They won't find Chiana. She gets (laughs) brought in at that exact moment. It's like, well... And Naranti is protesting... So yeah. the the patient is weak. She's been drugged. She may die. And Gen X says, I don't care. I just want the fetus. I'm always interested in knowledge in that kid. Gen X one of those, you know, pro-life guys who's like, doesn't care about the, the health or safety of the woman, only cares about the fetus. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so he's like, I know, just take it out and put it in the Nabari. That's all I want. And uh, Naranti keeps protesting. Yeah, because she's like, no. First of all, this is all kinds of wrong. Second of all, this patient might die. Third of all, does this even work? Yeah, who knows? But he orders them to proceed. And uh, Aaron is kind of coming to a little bit. And Naranti says, I'm, I'm sorry, this, it's going to start. And we see shot down from above, there are oh. these pipes or these, these hooks bikes coming out from the bottom of the bed and they wrap around and they're hovering over there's four of them two on either Mm -hmm. side and like okay you may begin and they just jam into Eren. and she gives the most blood-curdling scream yeah i've heard in this series it's real bad it's just pure agony yeah and so uh naranti's going to give her some anesthetics like something to ease the pain and tracer says no we don't need to anesthetize her anesthetize the nabari she's the one who's receiving the things you want to do this without anesthesia what yeah and so tracer he grabs the anesthetic from naranti gives it to chiana who's struggling spits in his face it's like ah you're a strong one you'll make a good host and i'm like this guy who has been very reasonable very like amicable doctor suddenly turns into this monster of a man kind of, well he, we know that they work with the scarens yeah so, you know well i get i guess that does go to show it's the, the nice ones you need to look out for him yeah and so genix says like look if she doesn't you will both die if this doesn't work you can see the doctor going like uh oh and so then karong comes genic and says uh, captain wentrask is in the commons and d- demands an urgent word with you Bruh, fine i yeah i was surprised he actually bothered to go i yeah. thought he would just be like no ignore him <laughs> <laughs> it's like frelmo but he says all right fine and goes off to him and so we see genic and scorpius in the common room and he said what do you want i want your cooperation and what? Why do I care? Listen, and pulls him in close. I know that your prisoner is the peacekeeper Aaron's son. You, you are taking her to Katrazzi for Minister Akna. I also know that if my mission fails, your mission becomes irrelevant, and so do you. And Jenek's like, what? <laughs> Scorpius is doing the most massive bluff. He's like, I don't know all these things. But uh, Jenek says, continue, and we sort of cut away. To the station command, as Sikozu walks in... Karom's not there, looks around, is like, all right, great. Starts fiddling with the controls to, you know, put their plan into action. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, Karom appears behind her with a gun. It's like, don't move. Don't touch anything. I was just checking communication. Do you need that gun? And he says, no, somebody's been downloading station codes and schematics. It had to be you. And he's like, no, I, I didn't. And he's pointing the gun at her. Yeah, it's like, don't be foolish. Yeah. So we cut quickly to Naranti and uh, Aaron and the doctor trying this procedure. 
and Naranti again is like, it'll kill both of them and the fetus. It's not going to work. And Tresor's like, look, if we don't do this, we're going to be burned anyway, so we have to try. Yeah, Tresor's like, we have to try. This is the only way that I might get out alive from this. That's not how he says it, but that's heavily implied. Yeah. So meanwhile on Moya, John and Dargo are like waiting. John's got a big pulse rifle mm-hmm. holding him. They're like, okay, something should have happened by now. Why aren't the lights out? And Dargo's like, I'll track. And John's like, all right, fine. But he sort of gets locked and loaded, just mm-hmm. ready. And then we cut back to the doctor and Naranti, and he says, look, we have to do this quickly. Therefore, we should open both subjects immediately. Here has a knife. You work on the subject that hasn't been anesthetized and just, you know, cut a rope while she's screaming from the pain. And Naranti's like, uh, um, uh. Narant- you can see clearly see Naranti standing there, like, what am I going to do? And like, oh god, we can't, we can't go through with this. And almost like, is she contemplating just stabbing the bugger behind her? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But so, um, we cut back to the command center, and Sakozu says, like, look, okay, there are two, maybe three females being held against their will on the Scarron freighter. They're no threat. Their imprisonment is unjust. And Karom looks at her and says. Yeah, I believe you, but I won't help you. I'll lock you up. I had my notes. Why do I get a feeling justice doesn't matter around here? No. <laughs> it's like, look, I believe you, but no, I'm not helping you. <laughs> I don't care. I work for the Scarons, remember? Hello? Yeah. My job advancement's much more important. And then Dargo just walks up behind him, like flicks his tongue, knocks him out. Yeah, just <laughs> immediately the, the, the microsecond that Dargo enters the scene, he flicks his tongue out and it's like, well, isn't he wrong? Yep, problem solved. And it's like, all right, can you do what you said you would? It's like, all right, yes, I can. And she starts pressing buttons. And so we cut to Naranti and Tracer. It's like, well, it's overstressed. and The faces will be debilitated. We should let her regain her equilibrium. And Tracer is like, we don't have don't time. Don't have the time. She's trying to stall. I mean, it's working. Because he, he's having a conversation with her instead of cutting into Chiana. Yep. We also see Scorpius and Jenek again. And Scorpius says, like, look, you don't realize that Arkner's only interest in your prisoner is as a means to get the information that John Crichton has. And my peacekeeper defector can give you John Crichton himself. Which, <laughs> and I'm like, well, he's not wrong. Uh, technically, yes. <laughs> I, I would argue that the peacekeeper defector that Scorpius has on his ship is the person who is most qualified to give him <laughs> True. John Crichton. There's nobody more in the galaxy more qualified to give that scaring John Crichton. Mm. And Scorpy leans in. It's like, now, which mission do you think is more vital? Which which one do you think gives you palaces and that such? Yeah. And back on the command center, Sokozu, like has unlocked the docking ports on Moya, Dargo ship, and the transport pod. And Dargo's going through some stuff like, okay, these are security beacons holding up a pack of like, they're like silver like rectangles. Mm. And, he's like, and she says, yep, that's them. And it's like, right, great. I'm, uh, I just need to, need to leave. Uh, but she says, I need to make sure that this control is, it gets locked in so they can't just reattach us to the station. Yeah, and so Dargo is like halfway out the door and like Sokozu looks around, puts her hand over it. Mm-hmm. And this like, basically this heat effect that comes down from her hand, burning and melting and shorting out the control. Scaron! Scaron! Okay, she's it's, a Scaron. It doesn't look the same as the heat probe. It doesn't have the wibbly bits, but it's like a, an orange heat thing. Scaron! Scaron! <laughs> something's something's definitely up with Sikozu. Like, I think it's been established that Scaron can be can hide in different species, or like at least genetically alter themselves to look like different species. So that might also change their heat 
trick a bit. I just maybe I'm gonna stick with my main point. Scarra. Yeah. <laughs> or something's definitely up with her, especially because she was didn't want Dargo to see this, and Dargo looks in. It's like, how did you do that? It's like I I just short circuited these these things. I'm pretty sure Dargo saw. Yeah, but so she does it. The lights go out, and as soon as that happens, we see Naranti and Tracer arguing. The lights go out. We cut to John on Moya, who picks up a flashlight and is like, showtime. <laughs> Lock and loads. What I like about this next bit is that there's been like some, some low-key like dramatic music beforehand. Mm-hmm. When the lights go out and John like storms into the station, there's no background music at oh, all. Oh, nice. I didn't notice that. So he's just like, starts shooting up chariots, fighting his way through to the freighter. And so he gets to the freighter and he points a flashlight down at Traso. He's like, he's a bit, there's like a raised area where he's coming down yeah. from. And then he points it at the chariot, shoots the chariot guard. And then points it at the doctor. And the doctor goes up to Aaron and just holds the dagger at, at her throat. It's like, shoot me and I'll cut her. I'll cut her, I swear. But Naranti says like, if she dies, Jenik will kill him anyway, so shoot him. Yeah, he won't cut her. And John, we cut to John, and just, John is stone-faced. Mm. And he's like, I thought Kalish was supposed to be smart. So who do you think I'm gonna believe? And he shoots Traso. Well, Traso steps back first, is like, okay, fine, shoot me then. And he does, but he shoots him in the shoulder and knocks him down. Doesn't yeah. kill him. And Naranti says... Well, you should have killed him. John says, well, my body count's already too high. Mm. And so he goes over Aaron, looks at her, and is like, no, hey, it's it's me. I don't think she's conscious, though, no, at this point. No, she's unconscious at this point. He picks her up. Yeah, because they're like, okay, let's release three, two, one. <clears throat> release the, the prongs. Yeah, and she does, like, audibly. La- she doesn't scream as loud as when they were put in, but it's still like, ow. Yeah, and so he picks her up and starts to move. So we cut to uh, Jenek and Scorpius. as the lights go out. And Jenek says to his chariot, is like, go check the ship. Scorpius like, yes, I must check mine as well. You stay here. Like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, the other thing that uh, Sokozu did was she jammed the docking port so the freighter couldn't leave. Yeah. Important note. Because they need to get out fast. So we now see John going through the, the station and a chariot like, steps out in front of him with a, with a gun. Yeah, it says, put your guns down. And Naranti was holding the gun at this point because she she is supporting uh, Chiana. And John is carrying Aaron. John says, okay, listen to, listen to him, put the gun down. Yeah, put the light down, put the gun down. They put him down and they're like, you work for the Scarron, right? Uh-huh. So, so, security's tight around here and you shouldn't be carrying. Carrying what? And then the the lights come back on, the power comes on, there are two scaring the two like DRDs on the station turn and just immediately shoot the chariot. Yeah, it's like and he just sinks to his knees and John just walks past, not even waiting for him to fully collapse. Not carry that gun. Yeah. And <laughs> what runs off. And so Dargo and Sokozu join up with them. Naranti says to Dargo's like, you take take Chiana, take her. And so Dargo just picks her up and carries her off. It's one in one motion. He just picks her up and keeps moving. And so we see Jenek, who's calling for uh, his chariot, is like, "Why aren't you answering?" And looks at Scorpius. Scorpius looks at him. And Jenek's hand starts moving towards Scorpius's face, as if he's going to mind probe him. And so Scorpius like like ducks, punches him, and they have a bit of a tussle. Mm-hmm. And then the Scarin just throws him back against the wall. Yeah, because Scorpius only half Scarin. Like, Scorpius very strong by sebation standards, but he's not as strong as a Scarron. No. He just gets his ass kicked. And so uh, the rest of the crew have made it back to Moya. 
and uh, they're like, okay, close the doors, we're leaving, let's get out of here. And Sikosa's like, where's Scorpius? It's like, nope, <laughs> we're, we're leaving. We cut to Jenek actually mind-probing Scorpius and says, you know, who are you really? Who do you work for? What is your mission? And Scorpius just, like, like jerks back and vomits up. Yeah, and then just collapses onto the ground. <laughs> Jenek looks over him like, meh. At this point, they're on the ship, and it's like, oh, we need to go, we need to go. This ghost's like, no, we can't leave without Scorpius. What if he's captured? And Chiana's like, or killed. <laughs> and Dargo responds, we should only be that lucky. And Sakoto goes to, like, like leave command and go get Scorpius. He's like, no, we can't leave him. Chiana, like, gets in front of her. He's like, yes, we can. Punches her out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, eh, all right, good, let's go. It's like, <laughs> yes, of course they're just going to leave Scorpius behind. Yeah. Duh, nobody cares about Scorpio but Sokozu. Yeah, it's like, nope, we are leaving, we are getting out of here, I don't have to give wormhole knowledge to Scorpio if he's been captured by the Scarens. Yep. Mm, goodbye. Problem solved. <laughs> and we see a CG shot of um, Moya detaching from the, the station and flying mm-hmm. off with the transport pod and Lola in, in tow. And like, we need to starburst out of here, so they grab the ships in the docking web and just punch it and just book it out of there. Yep. So, I mean, we left Scorpy behind, but nobody really cares about that. But they did it. They they got Aaron back. Sweet. Yes. They got Aaron back. They got rid of Scorpius. Everything is perfect now. <laughs> it's the first part of a three-parter. Yes, things will go wrong. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so we then see Jonna's carrying Aaron to her quarters, puts her down on the bed. And she just about, she just manages to come to. Yeah, she just panics. He's like, no, no, I, I'm real. You're here. You're on Moya. You're safe. We're okay. And the baby's fine. Everything's going to be okay. She relaxes a little bit, but there's still, like, the complete fear in her face. Like, is this re- She asks in in a broken voice, and I'm like, again, Claudia Black, fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. Like, is this real? It's like, yeah, it's real. You're okay. And she's, you know, going to relax and get some rest. Yeah, and John moves moves back, and she's like, no stay and touches his face and yeah it's it's real emotional it's real good yeah because she's she's back and she needs to touch him and keep him here because otherwise she can't be sure if it's him really him aaron's been through a lot a lot in the past few episodes so yeah uh now we cut to naranti and rigel again in the same place in naranti's lab and he he's getting better the skin is peeling off he's you Mm -hmm. know well, he says, like, you nearly killed me. Yeah, but I didn't. But I did kill others, and she's she's very upset about this. And yeah, it's like, I killed innocent bystanders, innocent people. We have a close-up of her face. We can see she's crying a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so by my actions, I've taken innocent lives. And Rachel says, welcome to Moya. Yeah. But then he does give some kind of actual decent advice where he says, you know, or well, not advice, but consoling her saying that in my time as dominar you know some of the things i did resulted in the deaths of the undeserving even when the cause is just it's a hard thing to accept and she says i i have to seek forgiveness from the divine eternal and i like what rigel says well i can't help you with that but i can give you my forgiveness and she he reaches out his hand and naranti like takes it and yeah yeah. and there's two things about this scene one you start to wonder yes they saved Aaron, but how many innocent lives is that worth I mean, she's the main character, so story-wise, of course, that's worth a lot. But if we step back from that for a moment, it's like, you get a very great territory. And also, what was this scene reminding you of? Another another interaction, another character had with Rigel. Oh, um, 
Did Zan have a scene like this? Yes, Zan had yes. several scenes like this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the friendship between Zan and uh, Rigel reminded me uh, of this scene. Yeah, I can see that. And it's actually Rigel giving the advice to to uh, Naranti rather than... Normally it was Zan saying things to him, you know. Yeah, but even Rigel sometimes had with, talks like this with Zan. It's like, look, some of these things you do when you have the power are not easy. You have to come to terms with it. Mm. So yeah, that's that's it. that was a ni- I did like that scene. It was it was good. But we have one more scene in the episode. Oh boy, do we? Cuz I was looking, you know, watching the episode like, oh, we've still got like a few minutes left. Oh, hmm. I saw this coming. So we cut to uh John. He's sat on the floor but like head is next to Erin's bed. Mm. You know, he's still holding her hand and he's asleep and Erin is actually awake stroking his hair and then he's like, we hear a little a little bit of a voice, and then suddenly he jerks and goes, No! And we flash. Yes. Into a hallway of Moya in black and white with the lines running across the screen like it's an old projector. And organ music is playing in the background. Yes. The the camera pans across. We see a coffin surrounded by candles. Mm-hmm. In black and white Moya. Yeah, it's all black and white. We see John. John's in a suit. A very familiar suit. Yeah. The coffin opens, and inside is your friend and mine, is Harvey. (laughs) He's not dead, and Harvey, like, sits up. He's got a suit on, he's got long fingernails, he's got, like, very pointy front teeth. Very Nosferatu. Yes. Which I like because that's exactly what John called Scorpius last episode. And John says... Harvey, wait, you're not dead. It's like, no, I am the undead. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny, Harvey. Scorpy said he took you out of my head. (laughs) Harvey says, no, he upgraded me to Harvey (laughs) 2.0. Like clicking his fingernails together. Yeah. It's like, that's not funny. That's, what? It's like, one of my many improvements is utter loyalty to Scorpius. That's not an improvement. You know what? Get Go away. And he just shuts the lid again, walks away. As he's doing that, like, uh, Harvey is like, his cause is the right one. Eliminate Scarron threats. Like, I don't care. Boomf. Yeah. And then as he, you can hear the muffled voice of Harvey. Reg- he's doing his regular voice at this point. Underneath some, Scorpius knows everything, John. He knows everything you know, John. John's like, wait, what? Opens the coffin again. What did you just say? And he sits up and says... One of my other improvements, uh, Scorpius can hear me. I've been sharing the contents of your head with him. Memories, thoughts, dreams, wormhole technology. You're lying. And eventually they'll torture the information out of him. And John's like walking away. So we see the shot is a close up on John, kind of almost fisheye with mm-hmm. the the coffin in the background. And Harvey keeps going. It's like they'll torture it out of him. Everything they've ever wanted to know about wormholes will be theirs, courtesy of John Crichton. Well, John like goes again, like slams it shut. Yeah, and we flash back to John next to the bed uh, of Aaron. It's like, uh, uh, uh. and Aaron's like, no, it's fine, it's fine. You're here, it's okay. And then we hear in the background Harvey's voice. You have to tell her, John. You have to tell tell her, John. Tell her that you need to go save Scorpius. We have to go back for him, John. Go back for Scorpius. Tell her. Tell her. Tell her. And he looks up at her like, uh, and then to be continued. <laughs> Harvey's back. Oh, I'm so glad to have Harvey back. Yes. Oh, it's so good. All right. So yeah. All right. That was We're So Screwed Part One, Fetal Attraction. Mm. Uh, 
let's put a rating on this episode and let's talk about what I, there's what do you reckon because i i feel like there are enough problems for me that i'm not gonna rate it super high but it's it's still a fine episode it's not a bad episode i'm leaning between three and four and i think i'm going oh, three. Uh, yeah i was in the same problem i was like I feel like it's a three. I love that Harvey is back. Oh, That's God, great. Yes. Rescued Aaron, also great. There's enough problems that I, I... The biggest problem, as I said at the start of the episode, or towards the start, is that nobody knows who Scorpius and John are. Yeah. That's a big ask of the audience, to swallow that. Like, Especially for a character who has repeatedly yes. been mentioning John Crichton and John Crichton's fetus. And they, they knew who Aaron was, apparently, but they can't figure out... John was. Yeah, that's I'm like that that's enough to hold this episode back quite a lot. If you if you ignore that and just look at the the episode uh otherwise, it's actually a very fine yeah, fine episode. It's, it's pretty good. There are also f- a few other inconsistencies maybe mm-hmm. in how the disease is treated. Yeah. I mean by the story, not how the disease is treated by you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like the moral gray area of like yeah, we saved Aaron, but at least two people died because of us. Yeah, possibly more. One of them was the Scarron nurse, who was kind of a bad guy anyway. Yeah, but the thing is, Naranti didn't cure it before they left. Oh yeah, they're probably all gonna die. <laughs> that disease is still going out or out around there. Like, maybe a lot of people just don't contract it, but... Well, they said it was very rare to infect non-Hynerians, but when yeah. it does, it kills them immediately. Then the question is, once it's jumped the species barrier, because usually once... That's in true, real life, yeah. when, it, when a disease... It, like... The chance of getting it as a disease from a different species is incredibly small. But once it's jumped, oh boy. You're in trouble. Because then it's adapted to the new host and all the other hosts of that species are fair game. That that's stuff like I guess swine flu, bird flu, mad cow disease. Yeah. Like that those that's why those were such a big problem. Like once they've jumped into humans, now you're in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, so we don't get much info on that. I feel like it it still works for the story, but it's like a little bit left up in the air of like, wait, is everyone on that state? Are they all going to die? <laughs> What's going on here? So, yeah, let's try not to think about that too much. And also, yeah, did Naranti expose everybody by moving Rigel? Or was it so infectious that it didn't matter about their isolation? Yeah, it's like, was it all, like, maybe it's already in the scrubbers or something. The O2 Who knows? scrubbers. But so I feel like, yeah, I feel like I want to I give it a three, but it's... Mm. It's it's a very decent episode. As we always say, a three is a good episode. It's a good episode. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is like, it's not a great episode. The biggest thing holding it back is just that, you know, nobody recognizes these two very important, very recognizable on a galactic scale, yes. these two people. I believe there are myriads of planets who would not recognize either. I do not believe that a Scaran officer does not recognize at least one of them. Yep. Especially one he's been talking... Well, we, we've been over this. Yeah, we, I'm not we, going to repeat myself <laughs> no. over and over again. <laughs> but that, that that's the biggest problem with the episode, and it is a big problem. Yes. It's kind of stretching that suspension of disbelief, where you're mm. like, no, I don't really buy that they wouldn't know this. So that that, that knocks it down enough to, to, give me, to give it a three out of five, I think. So that's a big problem for the episode. What's the big problem the crew is facing next week? They have to go back for Scorpius. I, I, I was talking... That was a segue for what what episode oh, do we have next? Oh, I, okay. I was trying I guess, to set up a segue. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, what will be the problems next week? Well, let's find out as we go into uh, season four, episode 20. Uh, We're So Screwed, part two. 
Hot to Catrazzi. Uh, hot to trot, hot to Catrazzi. Yeah, uh, yeah, I see what they did there. So yeah, the crew of Moya head to Catrazzi in hopes of rescuing Scorpius, who has knowledge of wormholes. And to do this, they have to concoct a crazy plan. Actually, I'm not going to say what the the crazy plan is because I want I want you to experience that mm. when we watch the episode. Fair. Ah, uh, do I do I want to get ahead of myself? I think I do because this next episode. I know this next episode has one of my favorite scenes of all time from Farscape in it. Oh, I cannot wait now. And so we will tell you we will talk more about that next week of course, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that's it from us this week. That was We're so screwed part 1 fetal attraction. Oh, it's hard going forward now cuz it's like, oh, that's the next and then a couple more and then we'll be done. Oh. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about it. Don't, don't just talk keep, about it. Just, just keep just going. Keep one foot in front of the other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed uh, the episode. We will be back next week with uh, part two of We're So Screwed. Until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Hats and Red. At RedNightmare7. And don't forget, go to CantWireHats.co.uk for previous episodes, links to RSS and iTunes, and all of that is supported by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Hats. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. Goodbye. Okay, Red, we're going through space customs. Just play it cool. We should be fine. <laughs> okay, fine. <coughs> Are you there? Are you ill? What's wrong? No, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> yeah, fine. We're, we're okay. <coughs> <laughs> no, it's. You have to come with me. We have to put you in quarantine. Sir, please step this way. <laughs> no, um, okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, you must come with us. <laughs> okay. Right. Sir, we have nice beds and medical staff to attend to your problem. <sighs> Alright, I guess we'll. Uh, that's, let's go. That actually doesn't sound that let's bad. Go. Sorry. Yes, got him. They fall for it. Free hotel rooms.